Joining us today is Patrick Brethauer, the uh, tax and fiscal policy reporter with the Globe and Mail, who's written a column entitled Tax and Spend, the Liberals' rewiring of the Canada Workers' Benefit Makes It More Generous and Less Fair. Patrick Brethauer, good morning and welcome back, sir. Good morning. Great to talk with you again. Well, it's good to have you back with us, Patrick. You've spent some time unpacking the new Canada <laughs> workers' benefit, uh, and there has been quite a, quite a lot of revising going on. Give us, for the benefit of those who are uh, early on a Saturday morning trying to catch up to these changes, can you give us a sort of the elevator sketch of what these re, what this rewiring involves, Patrick, please? Sure. So the Canada Workers Benefit, for those that don't know, is uh, is a tax credit that folks with uh, that are working but have uh, lower incomes can uh, can receive from the federal government. And for the most part, uh, most people have been getting that uh, after they file their taxes in a lump sum as part of whatever other refund uh, they get from filing their taxes. There has been an option to to get advance payments uh, up to half of what you would have otherwise gotten uh, through the year uh, to sort of smooth out your cash flow. But it was voluntary. You had to know about it. You had to sign up for it. Uh, and not that many people took advantage of it. So the Liberals, uh, uh, as part of a couple other changes, decided, hey, we're, gonna, we're just going to sign everyone up for advance payments. That way they get them uh, through the year, just like you would say with GST credit payments. Uh, so that, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. But then one other thing they did, that maybe makes a little less sense was to say, hmm, so if it turns out that your income is a little higher than you estimated because you're getting them ahead of time, uh, we won't ask for that money back. Good news for you. You get to keep it, um, which is the generous part. Ah, now I'm going to quote from your piece in The Globe a few days ago, Patrick. Quote, the changes to the Canada Workers' Benefit might seem like a generous gesture on Ottawa's part to help out the working poor. But, in fact, it's grossly unfair to other low-income Canadians in similar straits, but who won't be able to access the CWB. And it's a shoddy precedent for public policy, close quote. So uh, explain how it's unfair to other low-income Canadians, Patrick. Again, sure, a lot, sure. a lot so of us let, just let, trying to grab uh, grab onto what these changes mean. Yeah. So, in one sense, you know, who could begrudge giving the working poor a few extra dollars, even if they like totally didn't, you know, deserve it according to technicalities? And you know, I would sort of feel that way. But let's pretend we both, at this moment, uh, make twenty two thousand dollars a year, uh, which is going to allow you the maximum. Canada workers benefit okay. you know, heading into 2023. And then we, you know, we both, uh, 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 but just before December, I get a new job and I'm making 33000 So uh, come tax time next April, the government will say, hey, Pat, how much do you think you're going to make in 2023? And I say $33,000. I'm like, good job, but you don't get any CWB. You make too much money. You know, $33,000, not a lot of dough, especially in Vancouver. Right. But still, you know, you don't get any CWB, but you making twenty two thousand. They say good news, Sterling. Uh, you qualify for the full CWB. We're going to send you advance payments uh, of up to half of that during the year. Um, you know, uh, please, please enjoy. But then you get your new job just after that, and it turns out that we both make the same amount of money for that year. Now you still get to keep uh, half of your benefit, even though you're making the same amount of money as I do. And I get nothing. And that is the unfairness of it. The lack of a clawback means that people that are in similar, indeed identical circumstances 
are treated very differently just because of timing. Yeah. Patrick, how does this Canada Workers Benefit differ from the programs that the Liberals introduced specifically for uh, for payments during COVID? Is this an extension of that that they've modified now? So there, there's some similar elements. The CWB existed before the pandemic. Uh, it was introduced by the Conservatives. Uh, the Liberals continued. They made it, they enriched it a bit, uh, and they further tweaked it. So it certainly uh, existed before the pandemic. One thing I noted that there does seem to be uh, sort of a quiet uh, parallel is this idea of not really asking for benefits back from people that didn't deserve it. And there are, unfortunately, some parallels there between what's happening now with the CWB, you know, on a planned basis and what happened on sort of a, an ad hoc uh, you know, sort of unplanned basis with the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. Okay, so one of the other things that you touch on in your report as you unpacked this revision to the Canada Workers' Benefit, you address the issue of productivity. And you say, for example, it's the difference between fuel efficiency and the amount of gas you put in your car. Increasing either one will allow you to drive further, but simply filling up your tank does nothing to improve efficiency. Again, how does that, the, the, it's again the productivity issue and the Canada Workers' Benefit. Connect the two dots for us, Pat, please. Uh, sure. Uh, I think in one sense, uh, I would, I would argue that the, the Canada workers benefit helps increase productivity in the sense that, uh, uh, or at least output in that it's getting people into the workforce sure. and it's you know, properly designed. It says, Hey, if you work and, uh, you know, you, you get up every morning, put your nose to the grindstone, we're going to help you out. And yeah, you know, maybe eventually you won't need it. Happy Happy days for you, but in the meantime, we'll give you a little bit of assistance. And it's a, it's a tiny little step towards something called a, you know, a basic income, which would guarantee a minimum income for everyone. It doesn't go that far, but it's a step in that direction. Uh, but, you know, I think as far as productivity, that's not a question of how many people are working. That's how effectively they're working. And I think that's, that's what right. I was getting at with, with the gas tank uh, and fuel efficiency. So if you think about uh immigration people say uh hey we should bring in many more immigrants uh in order to you know uh, make the economy grow faster so that's first of all there's lots of great reasons to have many immigrants come to canada sure. and the vibrancy of the country uh is the right thing to do absolutely uh it does increase the labor pool absolutely but one thing it really uh doesn't do uh at least uh, in the short term is increase productivity so that's that's just sort of an uh, analogously increasing immigration, sort of like you know uh, refilling a gas tank right. uh, rather than improving fuel efficiency. And I got to tell you, friends, it's a great article. You have to take a look at it if you haven't already read it in the Globe and Mail. But there's this little thing tucked in at the very end of the article that just makes you sit straight up in your chair, Pat. It says, line item, Ottawa's hiring spree will continue in coming years. And you talk about some numbers from the parliamentary budget officer that say in a couple more years, 26-27, the federal civil service will have been increased 20% from when the Liberals first started in 2015-16. The cost of increasing the public service will rise even faster than the number of employees, re- going from almost $40 billion in the first year of the Liberal government to almost $60 billion in a couple of years' time. That's a 49% jump in costs and a 20% jump in staffing. A bloated federal civil service? Much, do you think, Mr. Brethauer? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, we're paying more people more to do, I guess, a little more. Uh, and actually, that 20%, that, even that, that's sort of a generous figure, because that, that's the whole civil service. That's all the agencies, everybody all together. If you look at just the core civil service, which is the one that really Ottawa, the federal government, has direct control over, it's not really controlling you know, how many people Canada Post hires. Uh, it's a 33% jump over that period I, I pointed out in, in an earlier story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that truly is, if you look at the, the sort of trends uh, prior to the Liberals coming into power, the Harper Conservatives were sort of, you know, clenching down a bit, squeezing out pennies, and the size of that core civil service was gradually declining, uh, you know, after the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, but when the Trudeau Liberals came into, uh, came into power, that downward line immediately shifts upward uh, and all of those economies that the Harper Conservatives squeezed out uh, are long gone and, and we're continuing to build the civil service from there. So um, if you think the federal government is doing a 33% better job since 2015, then I think you're getting a good value for your money. And if you don't think that, then maybe there's some questions to ask. Uh-huh. Well, that, that could be something that uh, uh, voters will deal with in, in due course, don't you think? Uh, great article, Patrick. Uh, it's entitled, friends, if you're looking to Google this and get caught up with uh, Patrick and me and this whole business of the workers' benefit, uh, the title of the article is Tax and Spend, the the Liberals' rewiring of the Canada Workers' Benefit makes it more generous and less fair by Patrick Brethauer, the Globe's tax, tax rather, and fiscal policy reporter. Patrick, a pleasure to have you back with us. We appreciate your time very much. Look forward to the next time, Stu. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.